Thank you so much for joining Talk With Judas Show podcast tonight. I'm excited to introduce you to someone that's dear to me, a powerhouse singer who started singing in the church. And, um, you know, we, we have been having conversations about music and entertainment and the industry and things like that. And I wanted to bring her on uh, just to have a conversation with me about some things um, in regards to the industry. Uh, Nicole Slack-Jones, she is my sister. Uh, if you guys don't know that, uh, my sister, who is uh, very close to me in age, and we share a mom and a dad. <laughs> we also share um, um, about 10 days of a year, we share the same age. So that's an interesting fact about my sister and I. A couple of things I want to bring up um, in regards to singer Nicole Slack-Jones. She is from the world-famous New Orleans, Louisiana. And a lot of times when you hear uh, Nicole Slack-Jones, uh, sometimes we don't hear that name uh, hailing from New Orleans, but uh, she spends most of her time uh, performing internationally. She is a global international recording artist who, had, who has just released um, a, a single uh, project, and that we could talk a little bit of details about her uh, recordings. But today's conversation is more about reaching back into the music, the roots of it, and mainly going into um, conversations about growing up and singing and starting in the church. So without further ado, I wanted to say hello to Miss Nicole Slack-Jones. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, hi. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I am so excited to join this podcast and uh, share my views and thoughts on um, the music industry and uh, everything um, that I can give you. Well, thank you so much for you know being available to do this podcast with me. And of course, it's your first time um, doing a, a a feature here in the podcast, but I have a couple of questions uh, already lined up for you <laughs> because I'm excited about it. But um, as we talk, I wanted to just go back into a few things that um, has been kind of buzzing in the industry. And um, the reason why I wanted to talk with you, because I know that deep down inside there is something that singers, especially female singers coming from the church gospel world, uh, deal with. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to just start some dialogue with different singers, you being one of them, just to understand what barriers singers face that are truly great singers coming from the church and that um, want to branch out and to perform outside of the church. What is the, 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 the barriers you believe that you have faced in your career? Okay. Okay. So <laughs> let's start with, um, actually, as you say, growing up in the church and, and coming from, um, gospel music, being rooted and grounded in gospel music. Um, you know, I always tell people that there's nothing that can get you through than a good old gospel song. And, um, 
you know, it's all in the message, all in the message. <laughs> but um, right. what I, what I want to say is, is that I think that a lot of people, when you listen to, um, uh, when you take, for example, gospel music and what they say, quote unquote, secular music, um, a lot of people, they want to be creative. They want to branch out because, you know, it's not saying that gospel music isn't good enough. It's just basically saying that some people are, uh, are talented and they want to explore and, and, and to challenge themselves on being creative enough to say, you know what, I don't need to just stick in one genre of music that I can use my talent and I can, you know, transform this and, um, allow other people to see what I have inside of me. I do believe that, um, creativity is very important. And I, I think that a lot of people, they, uh, they limit themselves when, when they are stuck so much in religious beliefs. I, I'm not a religious person. I'm very spiritual. And, um, but I, I, I do believe, um, that, you know, a lot of singers and a lot of people, they, they want to be able to be free. And this is, this was one of the songs that I wrote a while back, uh, speaking about freedom. And I, I, I always write songs that have a strong message inside. And, and, and a lot of things I was saying about that song was basically you can be free from anything. Uh, and some people took that song because they were so used to me singing gospel music. They were so used to me just only on gospel, but growing up, that was all I was able to listen to. You know, it was such a restriction that we had to actually sneak and listen to certain things, you know. And I think that we also have to be careful of what we do listen to and allow into our spirits. But at the same time, as an artist, you know, you can't be put in a box or you'll be limited. You'll be limiting your creativity and you'll be limiting yourself when you can explore and allow yourself to be free enough to just, you know, just go for it, you know. And um, personally, I, I dealt with that a long time. Of course, being from the church, you'll hear things like, oh, my God, you know, Nicole's not singing for God anymore. Oh, this is a shame. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. But I tell people all the time, you know, when you're laying in the bed with your spouse, or your significant other, or you're listening to Amazing Grace. Like, let's talk truth. <laughs> wait, because, wait, see, wait. We... So wait. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm, 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 I'm Amazing like, Grace I'm has, like, I'm like, has no tempo. So I don't know if you can get in the groove to Amazing Grace. So, <laughs> But at the end of the day, I want to bring up something. Since you said free, um, let me just say this. When you say the word free, what do you mean free? Um, are you, do you feel like there is some bondage or some type of holding back or like people are stuck when it comes down to being in church? Well, girl, listen, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do believe that a lot of people are stuck. And I, I do believe that a lot of people, uh, they, they feel as if, you know, they're going to be judged because they do step outside or sing something else or try jazz music, try classical music, try R&B, pop, soul. Um, and um, I think that that's one of the biggest barriers is that, you know, even when I was a little girl, I would always say things like, wait a minute, if they're only going to talk about art in a way to say you're not using your gift for God, then what about other people who have daily jobs? So that means you're telling me that if I can't sing, 
uh, R&B, soul, or anything, that makes me such a bad person when that's my job. That's what I was born to do. Well, let me, um, be, before you go on, I I know, I know <laughs> that is what you were born to do. Because at one point, I thought that's all you do <laughs> is sing. <laughs> but I want to point out a few names. And okay. this is not to, to look down on anybody's career or to talk down on anybody. I just want to be clear because we're, we're, we have to present a clear message and we have to be open about the thoughts and the things that we feel are compelled to be said when it comes down to the industry that we are in. So when I think back of singers, think about um, growing up. You've listened to Yolanda Adams. You've listened to, you know, Whitney Houston, Aretha Franklin, Kelly Price. I even heard you listening to Candy uh, Stanton, um, uh, <laughs> Tina Turner, you know, um, mm-hmm. different singers. But to me, they all, t- I don't know if Tina Turner are derived from gospel, but they all have roots of gospel and even Fantasia Barino and Le- Leandria Johnson and, and the Clark mm-hmm. sisters and all these singers, you know, even the younger, um, Karen Clark's daughter, um, can't think of her name, uh, Kiki Shear. Mm-hmm. So all these singers, I believe have something in common. And what I believe when I look at the singers, I think that, if they had not, if Aretha Franklin had not branched out and been able to sing songs like Respect and Natural Woman and stuff like that, where do you think her career and her life would have gone because of the talent she had? Do you think that her life would have turned out the way it did to be the queen, you know, um, that she was if she had stayed in the church? Well, that that that's a that's an interesting question because what I would say is is that um even Aretha's singing gospel, I, I think that Aretha would have still thrived and made something of herself, even if she was only singing gospel because she was born with a gift. I mean, she'll sit there and blow your wig off, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh at, at the same time, I just don't think that that was her destiny because as we know her today, she is the queen of soul. She, 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 uh, she was the queen of soul and still is at the same time, at the same time, if she had, you know, if if she didn't take that move or that step, I think that she, she would not have had such a big impact because see, when you have an anointing on your voice and a calling, you have to understand you can reach people. You can reach the masses by, singing anything you know as long as it's um you know it's 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 good for the soul and the spirit you know you, you can reach people in different ways so I, me, I i just think we're just gonna go back and forth but when okay I think about <laughs> when i think about um you know her career and her life even as the queen i honestly feel like she never really left gospel um vocally no, she of course she didn't because it was it, it was in her. 
you see, you can't take certain things out of people. You can you can give them an R and B an R and B song, pop song, blues song. That foundation is still going to be there, you know, because that that's who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, th- that's what it is. So when you look at, I mean, that's a generation of um, singers from like, you know, our mom <laughs> generation that way before her time. <laughs> so for for somebody like Aretha Franklin to still be the queen at the age she was, she did something right to still be, you know, she performed until the end. You have some singers that they're talented, but their careers don't last that long. Right. They don't have that longevity because they are, uh, you know, you have some people that are born to be stars and then you have some people that are, are just in it perhaps just to make the money or to be seen for a little bit, you know, and um, it's not what they really want to do. They're not passionate about it. But when you when you are passionate about something, you go hard for it, you push it, it calls you. You basically don't call it, it calls you. And and the thing about it is, is that uh, even from little kids, this is why I tell parents, if you see your child has a talent, mm-hmm. you know, um, you have to encourage them. You can't say, no, no, I want you to be a doctor. And if your child is telling you all the time, I want to be a single, I want to paint, or I want to do this, or I might even want to be a designer. You know, you can't choose you know, uh, f- uh, for your kids, what you want them to do. So, and and this is why it's really important to to respect the gift that people have. You know, most of the times you see this in little kids. You know, and and they grow up and and it, and they develop and they keep going and they keep going. You know, this is but, okay. <laughs> in that same conversation, your first audience is really <laughs> your family. Mm-hmm. and the church and so yes. the encouragement even if you sound bad <laughs> you singing in church they gonna push you you know because mm-hmm. they want you to sing but everybody don't have that gift now when it comes down to the anointing I'm gonna ask you this okay there are secular singers that are anointed do you believe that oh of course i believe it i feel like a singer like r kelly even though he was in his troubles i feel like r kelly was really an anointed singer Mm -hmm. um when you look at uh james brown funk so you see what I'm saying? I believe James mm-hmm. Brown was one of the ones that was sneaking around listening to the preachers and going into the churches and studying mm-hmm. that. And then when you hear Michael Jackson's story, he talks about James Brown, you know? Oh yeah. But, but there are some pioneers and majority of them came from a church. So when you look at your first audience for James Brown to get up and do a split in front of the church, you, know, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And, and, mm-hmm. and even Tina Turner. Now I heard this about you. You wanted to sing one of Tina Turner's songs. Tell me a little bit about that experience. <laughs> oh, I remember it all so well. I never forget we were sitting at the restaurant Howard Johnson, and I 
you know, the only time we could get out and listen to secular music, it would be playing in the restaurants, the malls and stuff like that. And then I remember sitting there eating and all of a sudden I heard the music. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wow. And all of a sudden I heard that voice and I was like, wow, you must understand that the touch of your hand make my pulse react. And so, but, but it was her voice and it was the music. I didn't understand the message. But I, under, I understood that that music was sounding good. And I was like, wow, I actually left the table and went closer to the bathroom. And I pretended I had to use the bathroom just so I can listen to the rest of the song. <laughs> and um, but when she got to What's Love Got to Do It, I was like, oh, man, this is a good song. Even being a little girl, I was like, wait a minute. This, this is it. I, I got to do this next Sunday in church. I have to do it. I have to do it. And then what I did was I asked mama, I said, well, um, I said, you know what? I have a surprise. She's like, you have a surprise for me? No, I have a surprise. I'm going to sing a new song next Sunday. And uh, she's like, oh, okay. Well, well, you know what you got? I said, I heard this song, but I need to, I need to learn the words. <laughs> And I need to get the uh, I need to get the music. And she I said the song was playing on here, uh, in, in the restaurant. And it's uh, I remember the top line. I remember the, you know, I remember it. And it was what's love got to do with it. She was like, oh no, she wow. said you can't sing that in church. I said, but what? I said it's so good. I'm sure they're gonna feel it. I I, I know that it's just like oh no 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 no. See that's that you don't know nothing about that song, you know. So I'm just saying all that to say as a, a, a as a little kid. I understood what so, great music yeah. was. I understood it from a very young age and I couldn't get away from it. Same thing as Mariah Carey. You know, I, I, I was in the school bathroom and uh, I never forget when she came out uh, and she was singing the song Vision of Love and Love Takes Time. Oh, I had an audience in the bathroom and my friend was like, wow, you can really sing. You sound good. They would huddle, huddle around. I remember said, keep that. going, keep Greg. singing. <laughs> yes, and they were like, keep, keep singing, keep singing, and and that's when I, I, I mean, and it just went on and on and on, and and also the greatest love of all is my favorite song of all times by Whitney Houston, and I discovered that song in um in little school. I always say little school, and uh, I never forget we had a little talent show coming up. You know, back then we had to make floats and do different stuff. And I'll never forget, they had a boy in the class. I really liked him. I said, oh, I'm going to have to get him. I'm going to just show him I can sing and he's going to be all mine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I remember, I remember. And, I, and I, I got up there and I sung the greatest love of all with no music. And he was just looking. And I was going stronger and stronger. And the class started clapping, and I was I was so happy about it because when the class was over, he stopped me. I was like, thank you, God, I got him. But I didn't have him just <laughs> like that. So he stopped me. He was like, wow, you have a really good voice. And, and just to hear that made me so happy, you know. And then he became my little friend. We never became boyfriend and girlfriend. I was, I was too young. But I'm just saying all that to say, you know. He admired you. He admired me. Yeah, he made me feel like, wow, you know, so a lot of my friends inspired me. A lot of my, uh, you know, my friends in school inspired so me. Even fans. when you had you had developed <laughs> fans, because I remember the girl Carolina. 
I remember she was pregnant oh at the time and you used to be singing to her in the hallway. I remember I'm, different times. I would walk, we walking in school and, and see you singing. Um, but not only that, you were singing in church. You were singing, just singing. The one and only, the late, the great, Whitney Houston.
enjoyed this series this first episode of the series can a church girl dream i'm excited that it features my very own sister nicole slack jones who grew up in the church and you know when i say can a church girl dream i wanted to know just to to talk to women that are powerhouse you know beautiful voices that you know are roots rooted in the church and talking about that what are the struggles that they have faced you know growing up in the church and being able to you know have that battle with do they branch out and and sing uh, their dream or do they stay in the church things like that so as i continue i want you to stay with me and listen up for uh, the next um, episode to continue this conversation thank you so much for tuning in to the talk with judith show podcast